Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. Hello and welcome to the Veloce Podcast. So we're on episode 14. Hello. So it's myself, Kat, and Richard again. So yeah. Uh, yeah. No gotta... surprises there. <laughs> yeah. So we thought we'd mix it up a little bit um, this time. We've gone crazy, we have. <laughs> Yeah, really radical, but not really. Um, so, because we keep starting with motorsport, we thought, you know what, um, with the feedback and what people are saying, there's a lot of people interested in cars and driving techniques, so we thought we'd mix it up a bit. Yeah. So we're going to start, actually, with driving techniques uh, today, aren't we? We are. And then we're going to cover cars and motorsport and the interactive question at the end. Yes. Um, so, yeah, just to, just to jazz there it up, go. let's yeah, yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So, driving technique today, then? Yes is <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about the importance of smoothness um and how and the, the reason why you want to be smooth with everything that you do because of how it affects the weight movement in the car yeah. essentially so we're just going to talk, talk about that briefly yeah I, I i think a common error for anybody whether this is road or track driving is when you are trying hard um it's easy to be erratic, especially obviously on track, but also on the road, if you're not really thinking about it too much, it's easy to rush things um, like gear changes, steering inputs, braking, accelerating. So you really want to be at one with the car, don't you? Yes. Gently tell the car what to do. That kind of thing. Yes, you, you tend to find because your brain's moving more quickly, especially on circuits, and especially if you're not used to it, mm. your brain's moving more quickly. So, you, so your, your hands and your feet want to move quickly as well. But of course, you've got to start to slow that process down in your in your head and try and create time for yourself to allow yourself to do because you've got to do things at the right rate. You don't want to do things slowly. You've just they've got to be smooth and they've got to be damped. Uh, um, yeah, that's, and that's a good point. Uh, uh, a dampered touch to what you're doing so you can still turn the wheel quite quickly let's say at a hairpin but or a chicane or something like that but um you have to have a dampered touch so all that means is you don't suddenly input and suddenly stop no so it's got to be smooth introduction and smooth stop hasn't it really yeah. so that's steering but that's also the case for braking and accelerating as well isn't it yeah every input and the reason is that every input you make um, moves the weight of the car around on the spring. So when you brake, for example, the weight moves forwards. When you accelerate, it moves backwards and so on. So if you do things harshly, what that does is it throws the weight and that will then snatch the tyre on the road. So you'll tend to find if somebody's driving isn't smooth enough, they'll end up with the car reaching its limit earlier than it needed to, whereby if they kind of knock things back a notch and just made made things happen a bit more uh, progressively and a bit more smoothly, the car will actually go more quickly and it'll start to reach its limit later. Absolutely. And it, it feels strange to start with because I guess it's so easy to watch an onboard and see somebody's hands moving all over the place yeah. and things. But that's actually because they're right on the edge of grip. So they're making... And they're on that knife aren't edge, aren't they? they? Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, whereas, um, you know, this is just before that point, isn't it, really? Yes. Um, so how how should we explain it? Should we do steering first and then braking yeah, yeah, style, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. So do you want to follow steering first? Yeah. And then I'll well, we, we did a little video about it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. we did, essentially, if you talk to a tyre engineer, they'll tell you that a tyre takes a bit of time to wake up. So in other words, when you steer, for example... 
you don't get an instant response. Even a Formula One car doesn't respond instantly. There's a little delay between what you ask it to do and the tire actually starting to to work. In effect, I won't go into how you know, slip angles all that kind of stuff. There's just Not a today. little bit. Of, yeah, there's just a little bit of delay. And say it's 0.3 of a second. So when you first turn into the corner, nothing happens for 0.3 of a second, and and then the tire catches up and you turn. So a really good habit to get into with any of the controls, but it works especially well with steering is to put a little bit of the input that you're going to do next before you do it. So you're going to turn right, for example. If you put a little tiny bit of input in, what that'll do is it'll wake the tyre up. So it'll already be starting to, to, to grip the road and twist on the bead and all the stuff that it does. So when you then get into the meat of the actual input, the car is more responsive, which allows you to do things more smoothly. And your body, there's lots of cues that your body takes. So when you start to, that little bit of input will just shift your body weight across the car a little bit. Your brain will feel that, so you'll you'll then feel the forces and the grip build more uh, effectively. It works really, really well. It takes a bit of practice to, to, at first, Absolutely. just to get these little hints in before the main input, yeah. but it really pays dividends. Absolutely, and, and that, that word hinting, yeah. isn't it? We use that a lot, so tell the car what you're going to do before you do it. Yes. And that's also the case for braking, for example. It's so easy, especially on track, but this can also happen on the road, is to just suddenly brake quite hard. Yes. Um, now, of course, on track at points, you need to brake hard. But the faster you're going, the more energy and weight in the car. So if you leap on the brakes, the car has a tendency to jump and everything fly forwards at once. Um, whereas actually, if you gently touch brake, and we're talking, what, a millisecond before you actually yes. hit the brakes hard. Um, what that does is it, the car braces itself effectively. And then you can pitch the weight forward. So a great way of picturing weight is imagine water in the cabin of the car. So every time you accelerate, that water's pitching to the back. As you brake, it's pitching forwards. So we want to move that and place it where we want it, but we don't want it sloshing about suddenly back no, and forth, side to side. you don't want it all rushing up the front or rushing up the back. It's Absolutely. It's got to move progressively. Absolutely. So um, again, you can brake really hard and really positive, but that slight introduction on the brake first before you hit the brakes hard, especially when you're going much faster, just allows the car to settle you know on the suspension doesn't it and then yeah. and then introduce that weight to the nose but also that's a, the the same coming off the brake so we've we've discussed this before but trail braking and all that is is coming off the brake slowly not not yeah. leaping off the brake isn't it yes um so the same reasons because if you jump off the brake bang all that weight shoots back front goes light likely to understeer so yes. it's 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 interesting when you watch people initially how hard that is to do is, is tell the car what you want to do before you do it, these gentle inputs, and then being positive. So that's really, you know, with the braking, as you mentioned, with the steering, but even things like gear changes. It's yeah. so easy to rush a gear change, yeah, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it upset the car, especially down changes. Yeah. I actually had a, <laughs> I had a guy in a GT4, and he actually managed to take off the... Um, the gear knob. Really? Yeah, he actually managed to pull it out. Because <laughs> he was trying to do the gear change so fast, but actually... It was it was so frantic that it was putting a lot of stress in the car, but he was also making more mistakes and missing gears and hitting between gates, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because again, if you 
you can be quick, but do it in a relaxed, gentle way. Yeah. Everything works better, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the real key is whether you're driving on road or track is think about these inputs. Are you being as smooth as you possibly can be? If you're not, keep working on that. Yeah, if you can feel where things start and finish, that's not right. Mm-hmm. It should be absolutely. seamless and all blend together. Absolutely. And if you've got a foot of water in the bottom of your car, then there's probably a different problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> the water. Um, yeah, so we will do more and more videos on this. So please feel free to go to our YouTube channel, uh, Veloci Driving, and we're going to do more on smoothness. We've already done a little bit on trail braking and things, but we're going to go more into that, aren't we? And we're yeah. going to do a film on left foot braking and, and so on. So hopefully getting a visual of it will make more sense. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so our next section, because we're mixing it up, <laughs> is going to be cars. Yeah. So cars. Yes. So you've been really excited about this. Yeah. Well, do you want to introduce it first? Yeah, yeah. So, so if anybody's a regular uh, Veloci or uh, listener or watcher or reader of our blogs, you'll know that Cat loves Corvettes. And um, rightly so. And, and rightly so. <laughs> now, Corvettes have always been a difficult thing to get in the UK because they did officially import them, I think, a few years ago. Um, but you can only ever get them left-hand drive mm. and all the rest of it. So Corvette have completely thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, or Chevrolet have, because they've stuck the engine in the middle. So it's the first time they've built a Corvette where the engine's in the middle rather than at the front. And in October, you'll be able to get a right-hand drive official UK yeah. C8 Corvette. Exactly, Stingray. Because um, I remember driving a Stingray uh, Silverstone, but that was left-hand drive. Yeah. And I, I absolutely loved it. Now, there were... Other cars there that probably were more refined, (laughs) (laughs) but there was something so exciting about this car, and it had so much character, it was such an animal, it sounded fabulous. They just definitely have something about them. Absolutely, so I just couldn't stop smiling, I thought, you know, as much as I love 911s and other cars... You know, for me, it just had this additional character. Um, but I think now they're, they're getting their game together even more. So going mid-engine, um, no doubt, is going to improve the handling, I would have thought. Yes. Um, and it's the 6.2 V8 yeah. normally aspirated. I mean, that engine, if those of you don't know anything about, you know, about, about the way that American engines work, uh, they have a, a much more stringent reliability uh, requirement in America so the car will the engine will do something like 100 miles with no water in it and stuff like that you know because that's a legislation that they have in America you know it's an incredibly strong engine um, yeah. you know so, so the reliability on it will be well engine wise yeah, yeah, the engine will be fine <laughs> no, radio really, won't I'm work only, but... <laughs> yeah I'm only joking so this is the first time the factory have built a right hand right, drive car, isn't yeah. it so yeah. Um, I think that's great for us in the UK, especially for me, <laughs> yeah. um, because at some point, so it comes out in October, doesn't October, it? October, you get one in here, yeah. So, yeah, so... Because they've been out in the States for a while, haven't they? They have, Because they've yeah. been racing them in the IMSA event. A- absolutely. I was going to say on the sim racing, um, they've just introduced it to iRacing. Have they? And yeah. yeah, so it's certainly out there now, but obviously for us over here, it's not been a feature. So, no. um, I think... I think there's so many people that are going to love this car. And the fact that it's mid-engine, I think, makes it a bit of a game-changer for some people in the way they look at it. Yeah. And I just think they've evolved it. So American cars haven't always been seen in the same way as, let's say, German no, engineered no. cars, that kind of thing. But I really think they're upping their 
their game overall. But the big thing is the character. Yes. Like I say. And they've, they've really uh, gone for it with the pricing, haven't they? Which I thought was quite Absolutely, funny. Because there's a, there's a lot included, isn't there? Well, a huge amount. So if you bear in mind, so the, so what they've done, they've pitched it about 80 grand, mm. somewhere around there, which is about, the, it's a thousand pounds less, apparently, according to Chevrolet, um, than a base 911. But but it's got nearly 500 horsepower, so it's got more power than a Carrera S, you know. Yeah. So it's <laughs> yeah. But it's all the extras it's got, isn't yeah, it? So huge amounts of kit on it. It's got bigger brakes, limited slip diff. It's got uh, what shorter gearing. Yeah. Um, and this is all included, which again, I don't want to sound like I'm slagging off Porsche on <laughs> 911s because obviously they're very close to our heart. Yeah. Well, We've and, and Porsche for a long time. Yeah. Porsche um, have a different philosophy. Everybody uh, cars uh, built for the individual. With absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I do think that. Would make this attractive because I think so many people get used to right. Okay, so the the starting price is this, but by the time I've added this, this, yeah, this, yeah. this, this wheels you, you wanted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you end up with like another twenty grand of, of extras, yeah. and and it can be a bit of a shock, really, can't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think um, you know the tech as well. You were saying there's a lot of tech on it as standard. Yeah, so, so things like head-up display, active dampings, all. I mean, it's all standard. It's got mm-hmm. data logging on it. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So yeah, so um, I mean, Porsche do. You get track app and all that. Yeah, kind of exactly. Stuff, which all works um, really well actually. Yeah, but this has a proper data logger on it. So for anybody that wants to do track days, it's just mega that this yes. is included. And yeah. I think. You know, there's a lot of people that buy these sort of cars. We meet them, and we have a lot of clients that do this, that want to go and, and take them on the track, um, not to race them or anything, but just go enjoy them Explore in the an yeah. yeah, in an environment which is safe to do so. Um, and I think having a track logger, it's just sort of they're very aware of their market, aren't they? they are. And I think that's a really nice thing. That's not an extra. That's no. included. Yeah. Um. So if you think what a base nine eleven is, what a hundred grand. With all those bits on it. With all those bits on it, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yes. So when you look at it that way, you think, gosh, it's actually, you know, I, I'm not saying so it could be as refined, but I think it would make you smile just as much. It would. If not And more. I bet it is quite refined, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I think it's know. getting better all yeah. the time. You know, like I said, um, I mean, I've done a lot of work in America, you have, um, and I always felt like the American cars... I mean, more recently, by the way, I'm not going back to like the 50s, <laughs> you know? yeah. but more recently, um, I don't know, they just were missing something. It, it never quite had the Well, the same... build quality was always a bit ropey, wasn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, and quite plasticky. Yeah. But it's like they've suddenly seen the light. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> you know? the interior on this new Corvette looks a million dollars. Absolutely. You know? Well, I think they've realised that actually people want that, or people expect it now. Yeah. We expect gadgets in the car, yeah. don't we? Yeah, yeah. We want these extras because we know they're there and available. Um, yeah, and and build quality at the end of the day, as sexy as a car looks, you spend your time on the inside, sitting in it, yeah. and it could drive really well. But if it feels tacky on the inside, that is going to affect your kind of overall feeling and opinion of the car. So, yeah, I think they've really stepped it up. So I'm super excited about this. Yeah. And, um, certainly going to be uh, encouraging Corvette <laughs> to let us do a test drive. That's yes. going to be the next thing. Yes. So watch that um, on the on the uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. At some point, we'll, we'll be yeah. out driving. We'll find a way so, of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's October, guys. So um, yeah, save up while you can. <laughs> so the next section we're going to move to is motorsport. So yeah. we thought we'd change it around. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll finish so, off with motorsport rather than yeah, start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we can have a tendency otherwise to talk about motorsport. Yeah, too we can much, get a bit carried away. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, next section is going to be most sport. Okay, so the first thing we're going to discuss is 
as we always do. Yeah. <laughs> Formula One. Yeah. It's so, part of the family. Yes. Yeah. So we, please forgive us. It's not the only th- motorsport we watch. We love motorsport. You know, all forms of motorsport, MotoGP and stuff. Yes. Um, and if we could, we'd talk about all of it. But admittedly, uh, we don't want these to be too long and, and boring for people. <laughs> so, um, no, so we're we not try into motor keep racing. It, yeah, yeah. Shorter and sweeter. So, Formula One, so it's the Spanish Grand Prix this Spanish weekend, Spanish Grand Prix, yeah, we've had so the first few practice sessions, haven't we? We have, so we haven't had qualifying and the race, but of course, next podcast we will cover that and talk about we'll talk the about results and, yeah. and where it's at. So yeah, so what's happened in free practice then? Well, the story seems to be obviously Mercedes, Yeah. so Bottas is quickest in FP1 uh, from Verstappen, is that right? Yeah, that's Stappen? it, yeah. Um, Hamilton was quickest in FP2, Yeah. the Ferraris are quick. In FP2, yeah. the Alpines were quick. Yeah, McLaren so, seemed to be struggling. So, yeah, like you say, FP1, Bottas, Max and Lewis. Um, and it wasn't much between Bottas and Max. And then, yeah, Hamilton, often as he does, starts to find his feet more with the yeah, car. Yeah, he was or, windy or, again, just, wasn't it, in the yeah. setting bit. He's very good at getting the car how he wants it, isn't he? Yes. He spends a lot of time. You even notice that, don't you? Like That's why often like Bottas... It, tops all the tables until qualifying yeah and then you know q3 suddenly (laughs) yeah Yeah. absolutely but bottas was second still to be fair but like you say leclerc third so you never know for not far off um, yeah and i wonder i mean barcelona is that a high speed track He's got a very, very long straight, hasn't it? Yeah, so I'm surprised then with the Ferrari being that quick because if you think of the previous round, the the Ferrari seemed to not really have any pace in a straight line. No. So, no, um, so perhaps, perhaps they found something. Yeah, well, you never know. You never know. But it'd be great to see that and um, also see how science does against Leclerc, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But another big talking point with Formula One right now is the sprint races, isn't it? Yes, this has been kicking around for a few weeks, hasn't it, now? So they've decided to go for it, haven't they, F1? Yeah, so what what circuits have they confirmed so far? Well, they don't think they've confirmed any, but the rumour is it's going to be Silverstone and Monza, but they've not, and there's going to be three, so they've not said where the third one will right, be. Right, okay. But if you're going to go for, because they're, they're too fast circuits, so Red Bull Ring or somewhere would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so the format track. then is on the Friday they do a test yeah, for FB1. about an hour. Yeah. And then they do a qualifying. Qualifying. Right. So, and a normal, as far as I can understand, a normal qualifying session. Okay. Which seems strange to do that on Friday when nobody's watching. Well, there there's been, I've noticed on social media there's been a lot of criticism about that bit. So not really about the sprint races, just the fact that qualifying is now on a Friday and a lot of people say oh well I'm working so I get I won't you know get yes. to see that so so we'll see how I mean this is an experiment anyway yes. isn't it? it would have made more sense if I'd qualified Saturday morning yes yeah and then the race yeah yeah but like hey club, we'll, like club meeting yeah have it all in one go <laughs> I mean um yeah we'll see so then on the Saturday you have another, another practice, practice and is it an hour again think so yeah and then you have a race which is what 100 kilometers yes so a sprint race of 100 kilometers and then wherever they finish in that sets the grid, for, the grid the, for sunday for the the main grand prix on sunday which we understand is the normal format it always has been yes apart from you know how the grid works initially so. yeah but i don't really understand um i mean it'd be great to see what they do yeah essentially so they were talking about it today on the on the tv that what they're going to do is essentially the first stint from the race you know so no pit stops and you know they'll, yeah. do, they'll do 60 miles and then stop yeah. again yeah um but karen chandler was saying i don't know why they don't introduce a sort of element of jeopardy with it or you know all they've done really is offered you up a shorter version of sunday which seems a bit 
Yeah. A bit strange. They've all I been think... upset about the damage, haven't they, the teams? Yeah, because the big they're... thing is you've got this this cap, financial cap, and then they're putting even more into it. And, of course, it isn't just all the additional running. No. It's the, it's the crash damage of races, isn't it? That, yes. That's a thing. I mean, how often do we see somebody hit somebody or yeah. Mars, Marzipan yeah. go off? or You know, so it, that I can see being an issue. But I, I'm kind of... I get why they're experimenting. I really do, because they need to make it more exciting. And I suppose this would make the grid on Sunday more exciting. Yeah. Because you're not necessarily going to end up with two Mercs at the front and then Red Bull and so No. Because, you, you know, especially a sprint race. Off on the Saturday, yeah. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, exactly. So, so you don't know. But for me, I still think the easier solution, and I know it's going to change for next year anyway, but is more power than grip. So yeah. so that way, a bit more old school, kind of like late 90s, early noughties, where they had a lot of aero, but not crazy amounts of aero where they can't really follow each other and dirty air. And, and I think if you have more power than grip, you'd really appreciate, like we used to, what the driver was doing in the cockpit. Yeah. Because now... They're just as good as they've always been, but when you watch on board, it looks so smooth yeah, you can't tell. and gradual. You, yeah, you really can't appreciate what the the no. driver is really doing there. Um, and I just think all of that would make it more exciting. It would. And the other thing, and we mentioned it last week, is the whole track limits. Get rid of the well, amount of tarmac, extra, extra, yes. extra well, tarmac football, that we have. Football, rugby, tennis. There's a white line, and if it goes over the white line, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. So just if you go over the white line, if you have all four wheels over the white line, you've yeah. gone off the road. Yeah. And I think... Simple. But I just think, I understand the safety, I completely do, but I do think we need, you know, curves, and then you need maybe a little bit of grass, and then you need gravel, or... Yeah, I just yeah. think you do, because that cha- it proved it, didn't it? Because the previous race, which race was it? And some of the drivers were a bit timid. Oh, Imola. Imola, yeah, yeah, exactly. So drivers were quite timid there because you couldn't afford to make a mistake. No. If you did, you're on the grass and off and spinning. You know, But that's a bit more how it used to be. And you think, well, these are Formula 1 drivers. I mean, gosh, you know, they should be able to do this. Yeah. Um, but it would also make oh. it more interesting because yeah. I'm not saying about crashing. If you make a mistake and spin or you lose places because of it, you, you know, yeah, there's more of a consequence to mix it up. Yeah. Um, and I just think, you know, I, I really think that's the answer. But hey, let, let's see how the sprint races go. You yeah. never know. We might all suddenly say, hey, this I mean, is it, mega. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get the impression the drivers aren't keen. I mean, the, it depends. So Ricardo was Ricardo was saying, you know, does, he doesn't want it to water down an, an F1 win. Yes. You yeah. know? Yeah. I because it's totally not the same as that. driving 200 miles on a Sunday in the pouring rain, is it? Doing 60 miles in the... Yeah. You know, I, anyway, no, I we'll, totally we'll see. We'll that. see how it, how but it I would be interested to see also with the viewers how many traditional viewers will end up liking it and newbies liking it? It would just be interesting to see kind of what happens. But yeah, hey, yeah. let's see. They've not confirmed yet, have they, exactly where it is. No. So um, another talking point is Red Bull pinching yeah. Mercedes engineers. Yes. And I don't know whether they've pinched them or they've gone off to gone on a recruitment drive. But, but they were <laughs> and saying, they just you happen know, to be all from Mercedes. <laughs> well, but who else would you get them from? Because yeah. I think there's a reason why Mercedes build their F1 engines in, in, in the UK. It's because that's where the talent is. You know, the people who build the engines, that's why Mercedes built them here. Because the F1, the F1 universe centres around the UK. 
So that's why Red Bull, you know, where where else are they going to get people from other than <laughs> Bricksworth up the road? It's only 30 miles up the road from Milton Keynes. You kind of made that sound like though the rest of the world won't have any talent. <laughs> but I don't mean it like that, but, the, you know... The, I do apologise now. <laughs> but the, the centre of the motor racing world is the UK. Yes, okay. It <laughs> okay, is. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm just thinking it's made, you made it sound like... I didn't mean it to make it sound like that. But that, yeah. you know, that is, we that are is... far better and more superior than anybody else. But, but, that, but all the F, there's a reason why all the F1 teams are in the UK, yeah, yeah, apart no, from the odd one. And we are kind of the home of motorsport. We are the home of motorsport. You know, Whether the, these days we get the support of that, but yeah, we are. So, so what Red Bull have decided to do is they're going to be the only team other than Ferrari... Mm that build everything on site. Mm-hmm. So they're now on a massive recruitment drive to get engine people. So of course, people are leaving Mercedes to go to Red Bull because it will be more yeah, money. Sure. And, money you know. Yeah, absolutely. And more benefits, that kind of thing. Security, you never know. But yeah, I, I think they know now, don't they, that, that Red Bull, that... You oh, build the car as a complete it's thing. It's almost like, if we can't beat them, join them. But the only way they're going to join them is by taking their men yeah. or women. Yeah, well, that's know, how F1 and, works. You know, exactly. So... Yeah, we'll see. Well, hey, we'll see. I think um, I think next year could be really, really interesting. And um, that's the year I'm really looking forward to because that's when we're getting the big, big changes. So I think, yes, you know, and then you'll see the results of, of things like this. You know, these mm. engineers now in Red Bull, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So we'll see. Um, so yeah, that's kind of really it on the motorsport front this yeah, weekend, I think so. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've got um, touring cars as well as we can. Oh, we do. So we'll yeah. See what happens there. So yeah, the first round we of Crown Cup and all that. Yeah. Malarkey. So so next weekend, or sorry, next week I should say. Yeah, we'll we'll kind of round up on that side of yeah, things. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll touch on that. Yeah, anything exciting or any big crashes on the touring? Yeah. <laughs> anything like that. And um, so what we're going to finish off with, as per normal, is our interactive question. And again. Anybody who wants to join in, please, you can uh, write it in the comments section or send us an email, or go on social media, any way you want, basically. Um, so I thought the question this week, um, what was your dad's or mum's favourite car and why? So, Rich? I, I know what you're going to say. So my dad's favourite car, the one he always said he wanted, was a Ferrari Dino 246. Yeah. GTB or GTS. I don't think he was bothered. <laughs> yeah, but no, sorry, not what his favourite car is. Yeah. So what what um, what was your favourite car that your dad or mum oh, owned? owned? Oh, okay. Sorry, did I make that sound? You made it sound like, what was your dad's favourite car? Oh, okay. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. So I'll both. Yeah, well, you can if you want. So, he's got you a Ferrari, so we've got a Ferrari Dino. Okay, I go think on. The, Let's do so that then. Let's do both. <laughs> the car I remember the most fondly my dad having, he had a... He had a, 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 a in about 1982, when they first came out, a Cavalier SRI. Oh, okay. And yeah, I loved yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. I was being all excited when he got it. And, um, yeah, and he had you... a Dolomite Sprint before that. When I was obviously very young, when he had that, which is okay. probably a better car in some ways. But yeah, uh, but I loved. The, yeah, I thought the Cavalier was ace. Yeah, and 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 did you did he take you out driving much? Oh yeah, kind of yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. Oh, you went all over the place. We went all around France in it, wasn't we? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, I, I think it. I know Top Gear did a thing, didn't they? On, About dad's um, cars. Yeah, yeah, and it was quite interesting how emotional the guys were getting seeing, well, not exactly their dad's specific car, no. but the model that they owned. Uh, well, Chris um, Harris bought these... that, bought the BMW, didn't he? Yeah, he did. After the program. Yeah, because yeah, all the memories it brings back. Yeah. And things. Um, so, okay, and then the other one would be the Ferrari Dino. That was the one my dad wanted as his dream car, was a 246S, okay. yeah, or GTS, whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah, 
okay oh, i feel like mine's so obvious that it's pointless saying really <laughs> um so um, well, but i don't know what your favorite car of your dad's was oh okay is it the same car yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically uh, okay. yeah yeah so, um, prepare yourself for a shock. Uh, well, no, so my dad had quite a few different cars. He had old Jags, um, of various different models. He had, um, he got into VW Beetles. I was going to say, he rebuilt Beetles a bit, didn't he? Yeah, and then he had a mini Metro, but one of those quick things. Like a turbo. Like yeah, an like it was all Metro wide. And, yeah. yeah, but that got nicked. <laughs> um, so, no, for me, because I, I got into cars because of this car, and I've mentioned it on other pods, but the AC Cobra. Now, he didn't have a real one, so it was a replica AC Cobra, but still a very good replica. If you'd had a, re- um, a proper one, you wouldn't be working now, would you? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be, uh, or I'd be doing more racing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that car got me into cars. And the big thing, I remember when he brought it back, I didn't even know he was getting a car and... I remember being in the living room the first thing I heard was all this noise and I thought what the hell is that and car alarms going off and things and I look out and then there's suddenly this convertible sports car with these big side pipes and it's rumbling away Um, yeah and I just literally became obsessed with this car always wanting to go out in it and so yeah so that that for me always uh, is going to be special to me because I think that's what got me into cars and Mm -hmm. racing in the first place with that but of course, the car my dad really wanted was a real one. Yeah. So a proper, you know, Shelby special AC Cobra. Um, but of course, uh, gosh, I'm sure they're well over a million, if not, you know, a few million yeah. now, depending. Um, so, so yeah, for him, I always thought if I won the Euros or something like that, then I would uh, do my best. Cobra. Yeah, yeah. do my best to get one traditional with the blue, with the white stripes and white um, side pipes and all that. I, I would love to do that. Um, but yeah, I know it's a really boring answer, isn't it? Two, two AC Cobras. <laughs> one's a fake and one's a real. Um, but yeah, so let us know for both, I suppose. Yeah. What was your dad's favourite car and why? Um, and also... Which what... one did you have that you liked? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so please get in touch. Any suggestions uh, or anything you want to comment on, please do. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time see you next for another time. podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, Fast and Fluid Conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.